What's up, everybody? Jeremy Weiss here with Weiss Tech Hockey, and uh, occasionally I get emails that are, are questions, good questions, that I feel like the answers could benefit more than just the person who's asking it. So this is actually one of those situations where I got an email um, just this past week, and uh, this actually comes from Sandy out in Australia. So it's really neat to be able to connect with people all around the world via the internet and talk hockey together. <laughs> so anyways, um, I'm assuming Sandy's a woman. So uh, Sandy, thank you very much for your email. And uh, the subject of Sandy's email was sagging D-zone coverage versus the attack triangle. So she actually has, it's it's a two-part email, I mean, two-part question. And um, I wanted to address both parts of that in, uh, in this soundbite. So let me read you her email real quick. <clears throat> and she says, hi, Jeremy, thank you for a wonderful resource for hockey. I was looking to implement the sagging D-zone coverage for a peewee team, but the example, I'm assuming she's talking about the example in the video, really only shows what to do when the opposition sets up in our end. I couldn't really say I've seen many peewee age kids in Australia set up in the offensive end. Rather, they go for the net. Um, there would be forwards buzzing around in the slot trying to stuff the puck in the net. And how would the sagging zone coverage counteract this? Secondly, wouldn't the center support the D on the puck in the corner because there would be two opposition in the corner too? So that's her question. Um, and like I said, it's kind of two parts. So we'll address the first part first and then go with the second part. So first part is there's um, sagging D zone coverage versus the attack triangle. So first of all, you got to make the distinction is there because there's a difference between the initial attack and then the defensive zone play once the initial attack has been contained. So, for example, um, if the other team gets the puck and they start breaking out of their own zone and now they're coming through the neutral zone and they're about to attack in our own zone, right? Um, that you're obviously you're not going to be in defensive zone coverage for that. What you need to be doing is focusing on your your defenseman. Um, how are your defensemen playing? Maybe it's a two on one. Maybe it's a three on two. Maybe it's a a three on two with a back checker. Um, you know, there's countless numbers of of uh, offensive attacks that you know formations that it could be going in. Um, so the key points are, how are my defensemen going to play that? Um, you know, how do we play a two-on-one? Do my defensemen know how to play a two-on-one? Do my defensemen know how to play a three-on-two? How about a two-on-two? There's a lot of different possibilities there. What do we do if we have a back checker? What if our, you know, if our defenseman can tell a back checker is about to catch up to the play? Um, how do we play that? Um, there's, you know, things that have, have to do with managing gap, um, proper upper body positioning, proper skating abilities, proper pivoting abilities, all that stuff. Um, and then there's the forward side of it. The forwards need to be getting back, back checking properly. So we actually have a video um, that deals with back checking. And the reason why I segment those or, or separate them is because the objective on the initial attack, when the other team is attacking you, the, the objective is to first and foremost contain the initial threat. So make sure that they don't score on the initial attack. And like I said, that has to do with the gap control, playing it, you know, reading the situation, back checking. Okay, so for the back checking side of things, um, <clears throat> what I say is funnel back. That's the terminology I use is funnel back into five card formation. Now, what five card formation is, is basically if you take a look at like a playing card, like five of diamonds, for example. 
um, that formation of the diamonds on the playing card is what we're going to do. So we funnel back into five card formation. That means the two D are on the low posts, uh, the centerman in the middle or the first forward back in the middle. And then the second two forwards back are about as wide apart as the posts, but in the slot. So you've got a five card formation for the net. Now it's not just get back in that five card formation and say, all right, we made it back. It's uh, back check full speed to that five card formation, but picking up players along the way. Okay, so if you catch up to a player, you're going to latch on and you're not going to let go until that initial threat is is done. So we funnel back to the five card formation, contain the initial threat. So let's say that they, you know, maybe they get a shot on net. Maybe there's a scramble, like you say, maybe they're trying to poke in a rebound. So we clear the puck to the corner. Okay, now that's the initial threat that's contained. Okay, we've gone, we've made the save, we've cleared the puck into the corner. Now we're going to go into our defensive zone coverage. Now that might be sagging zone, like you're talking about. That might be a box plus one. That might be something else. Okay. But after we contain the initial threat, that's the first priority. Then we go into our defensive zone coverage. Now the objective with, with the, the objective with the back check is to contain the initial threat. Once we've contained that, then the objective changes. The objective of defensive zone coverage is to there's it's kind of twofold it's minimize shots on net and get the puck back okay so that's our ultimate objective is to hopefully get the puck back we don't want to be stuck in our zone for the whole game so hopefully we eventually get the puck back once we've gotten the puck back then our objective becomes break it out under control so our our back check should put us in good position to contain the threat and get us into a solid defensive zone coverage formation. Our defensive zone coverage formation should put us in good position to get the puck back and then break it out under control. So that's what we try to do. And then our breakout positioning should put us in good position to attack the offensive zone, get through the neutral zone under control, attack the offensive zone in a good setup that's going to give us the uh, the best threat possible, which I believe is the attack triangle uh, because there's so many different options that run off that. So that's kind of what we're looking to do. So the very first step is make the distinction between containing the initial threat and the D zone coverage. You're not going to be going into a sagging zone coverage or any D zone coverage um, straight from the initial threat. The first, fir- first protocol is stop the bleeding, right? Contain the initial threat, get the puck cleared into the corner, um, and then go from there and try to work your D zone coverage, work your breakout and get out of the zone. Um, as for your second part of the question, I actually, this was, this question has come in, uh, twice just in the past week about the role of the centerman in the sagging zone coverage. And so I actually, um, just this past week, I made a YouTube video of, of the explanation. It'll be, it, the YouTube video will be much more in depth than I can get into on an audio, but I can describe it a little bit here. Um, but I highly recommend get on, uh, get on YouTube. I'm going to be making a blog post of it eventually as well. But, uh, for now, get on YouTube and just search out sagging, uh, sagging zone coverage clarification. And, uh, it'll be on, on my channel there. Anyways, um, until then, here's here's my explanation on on the uh, soundbite. Um, really, what it boils down to, it's a question of numbers in front of our own net. Okay, or the the front of your own net is the most threatening place on the ice. So we never want to be outnumbered in front of our own net. So what does that mean? That means if if they've got uh, you know if they've got two guys in front of our net, we want to have at least two guys in front of our net. If they somehow have three guys in front of them in front of our net, we want to have at least three guys in front of our net, so that we're never outmanned in front of our net. 
Okay, if if uh, if all heck breaks loose and somehow there's four or five guys in front of our net, then yes, we've got all four or five of our guys in front of our net, and hopefully we're clearing guys out, making sure that uh, at least that the goalie has a clear view of the puck. That probably will never happen. If if it does, it's not going to be very often. Um, but the first question is is how do we look numerically in front of our net? Okay, so that's why. Um, you know, let's just say we have a, the pucks in the corner. We send one defenseman on the puck in the corner. Then our initial positioning for the centerman is the strong side post. Our initial positioning for the weak side defenseman is the weak side post. Our initial positioning for the sag man or the weak side winger is the low slot. So right there, we've got at least three guys in front of our net. Um, if they've got if, if, if they've got one guy in front of the net, then we, you know, we've obviously got, got them covered. If they've got two guys in front of our net, then we've obviously got them covered. Now, remember, there's a difference between positioning, you know, being in the right position and getting your job done while you're in the right position. It's, it's, it's great if you're in the right position, but you've got to be doing the right thing while in the right position at the right time in order for this to be effective. Okay, so I don't just say, well, my, you know, I'm the weak side defenseman, so I should be on the back post and uh, I'm here, so I'm doing my job. No, you're there, but you've got your head on a swivel. Is there anybody open near you? Um, is there anybody in front of the net? If there is, is he open? If he's open, then get on him. If he's not open, um, you know, then you're looking for anybody else who might sneak in. So anyways, yes, be in the right position at the right time, doing the right thing. Okay, now how does that reflect on the sentiment? Well, the question is, is, uh, you know, are we outnumbered in front of the net? In the original explanation of the D zone coverage, of the sagging zone coverage, um, which uh, this video I made a couple years ago, uh, I actually mentioned that the centerman, I treat him as a third defenseman. So what does that mean? I, I didn't explain it well enough in that video, but what, what does that mean? That means if the defenseman goes in, knocks the puck carrier off the puck and the puck gets loose, the centerman should be there close enough where he can pick up the puck and initiate the breakout himself. Um, now let's just say, let's, let's just go to your question. What if, uh, what if they have, let's just start with two guys in front of the net. Okay. So what if they have two guys in front of the net? Well, our weak side winger and our weak side defenseman should be able to pick those two guys up. Um, what if they have three guys in front of the net? Well, three guys, then the centerman will be there and hopefully one of our defense will be back because if all three forwards are in front of the net, then, um, you know, nobody's going to be in the corner with it. Right. Um, so let's now take some of those guys and put them in the corner. Let's say we've got one of their guys in the corner. We have a second one of their guys in the corner. Okay. So two opponents in the corner. Well, how many guys does that leave open as a possibility in front of the net? Only one. Right. So then in that case, we're OK to send the centerman in. So um, the centerman still needs to be, uh, you know, smart about it. But, yes, he can go in and help out if if they've got two guys in the corner, because if they have two guys in the corner, then by default, they can only have one in front of the net. The only other possibility is if they uh, if they float that defenseman. You know, sometimes uh, they like to sneak in the weak side defenseman down in the little into the slot. So in that case, that's that's where we say the uh, you know the the defenseman should already have the first guy, and if that sagging uh, that sagging winger, the sag man, if he's got his head on a swivel, then yeah, no problem. He picks up that defenseman, and it's not a threat. Um, the the big key is is the centerman and the defenseman can't get beat in the corner. Uh, if they do get beat, they have to beat their player back to the front of the net, okay? 
Um, the worst thing that can happen is both guys go into the corner, both guys, you know, get beat and then somehow maybe they fall down or they, you know, they get caught locked up in the corner and, uh, you know, one of the puck carriers comes out and, uh, and then, you know, neither of them is there. So the centerman is kind of the, the last line of defense between the puck and the net. So the defenseman's taking care of it. Centerman can go out and help, but if he gets beat and the defenseman gets beat, then we're really hosed. So the centerman's got to kind of take a, you know, take a, a smart approach to, uh, you know, to that if he decides he's going to sneak in and, and help out the defenseman in the corner. So yes, feel free to sneak in, but don't get yourself locked up. Don't fall down. And, um, you know, if, if push comes to shove, you've got to beat that player back to the front of the net so that you contain the threat. Um, so hopefully Sandy, hopefully that answers your question. It was a great couple of questions there. And, um, I highly recommend watching that, uh, clarification video on the D zone coverage on the sagging zone coverage that, uh, that I put out just this past week. And, um, yeah, feel free to, uh, to comment or, or whatever else, but, uh, hopefully that helps out and hopefully that helps out more than just, more than just Sandy. I think, like I said, it's a question that's come up a couple times and, um, one of those ones that I think the answer is probably going to help more than just one person. So that's why we do soundbite of it. So anyways, um, that's it for tonight and we'll, uh, we'll be back again soon. Take care.